Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Yeah, boy, must be official, Gabe. Big voice guy, say He's not so much big voice guy as enthusiastic voice guy. Rick Party is awesome. Chicago legend. That's who Chicago does that. legend. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's not a big voice guy talking about it. Steve Rosenblum. Gabe Ramirez. Right. the score. Yeah. Did you ever... I, I went through this one time. We'll get to this later. I want to have who I want to say my name. Oh, okay. Famous people. Okay. Went through that. We'll go through that. I did that good. Rick Party saying my name. <laughs> Rick Party said it on Saturday Suckage with Steve Rosenblum. Can you imagine we paid someone to do that? <laughs> welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum and Gabe Ramirez, the aforementioned, the four party boys. We will be here till 1130, like it or not, on at which point, a half an hour after we get off the air, you'll be able to say Happy Memorial Day. We learned that today. You can say that afternoon when the flag at half staff from sunrise to, to noon... And then it is restored to full staff. And at that point, you could say Happy Memorial Day. So you're not dishonoring the dead, those who gave their lives for our freedoms. And now we're going up to Milwaukee. Remember, people, when you go up to Milwaukee, when you cross the border to get into Wisconsin, turn your watch back 20 years. Stop it. <laughs> Steve, dude, I, I got to be honest. You're way, I, this is my first time working with you. You're hilarious, man. I love your humor. Yeah, don't say that. I'm just a cranky old man. My friend I Brian, like cranky old my people. friend Brian texted in and said, "You need a gummy, dude." Well, that's why I'm here to balance you <laughs> yeah, out. I'm, I'm here to balance the human it out. gummy. Is that who you are? Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go back to the scores guest line, a score hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. We welcome back to the show Bart Winkler. He is on 12:50 a.m. The fan in Milwaukee. The Cubs and Brewers will play a split double header today, and the first game pitching matchup sounds like a spring training game. Ethan something or other against Matt something or other, and that's what's going on. Are the Brewers competing, Bart? Because we know the Cubs aren't, but are the Brewers still trying to win something? I don't know if I can let that slide on uh, Wisconsin go. Oh, uh, 20-year slide. I more should you know, be thirty five years. Twenty years. Keep keep half your money at home. Everything's cheaper here. Bar uh, Bar are you, Bar are you calling us on your flip phone? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no he's I'm got a landline. Last, last payphone. This is the last <laughs> payphone in this country. Wasn't I'm that on. a great picture when they took down the last payphone in New York? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah unbelievable. So um, Bar, Bar, are the Brewers competing today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're competing. This Ethan Small guy, they probably weren't ready for him to come up, but then there was an injury for uh, to Freddie Peralta. So with the doubleheader today, they're going to bring him out. This is a guy they really like that was been pitching for them in the minors, obviously. He's got a sub-2 ERA this season. I think a sub-2 ERA since he's been uh, in their minor league program. So he's... He's good. I'll be interested to see how he does against minor league pitchers. He doesn't throw, you know, a lot of these guys come up now and throw 175 miles an hour. <laughs> he tops out around you know, 93, 94. So, which, which is like, like 10 years ago, it'd be like, oh my God. But uh, no, he's a pretty good command pitcher. So we'll see what he's got today. Brewers pitching staff is really good. And that's why there is a good sense of optimism about this team. 
because you got Corbin Burns who won the Cy Young a year ago. You got Brandon Woodruff. You got Eric Lauer who they trade for, and all of a sudden he's been one of the best pitchers over the last year. Freddie Peralta is a guy who, you know, he's a very good pitcher too. They lose him for an extended amount of time. Any year from like 2002 to 2017, he would have been their number two or number one pitcher. And so now they lose this guy, and their depth is so good that they're not that panicked. I don't think fans are either. That's why there's so much optimism, again, like I said, is because the pitching staff's so good. The hitting is still a work in progress for the Brewers. It seems like it's been that way for the last, well, ever since Council's been the manager. But when you have a staff like this, you know, they beat the Cardinals yesterday after losing two, but they had Burns on the mound. So when you have a staff like this, it's hard to have losing streaks reach three, four, five, because you're usually having a stud ace pitcher come up in the next day's game. So we'll see what Ethan Small does. But, yeah, the, you know, to the to the uh, naked eye, you look at the, the lineups today, the matchups, and you're like, wait a minute, I don't know these guys. <laughs> I don't. I number forty three is pitching for the Brewers. Number sixty seven <laughs> is pitching for the Cubs. This is spring training, and that that's great. You I'm know, I'm all for that. Have a hot dog, sit on the berm, and get some sun. You know, it's bad when the pitchers when the pitcher doesn't have a picture on any, yeah, any, of, the, right. on any of the websites. You're like, wait, wait show wait. the field. At least want to look at look at what it looks like. Hey, Barn- he's wearing sixty seven today. Sixty seven. Oh, it's gonna huh? be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Oh man. Well, the Brewers, for whatever reason, I don't have a stat on this, but. When the Brewers face a guy that's either making his debut or normally if you've never heard of a guy, he does pretty well against the Brewers. I don't know what – I don't have that stat, but that – I feel it, like that's every like team in Major League Baseball. When you don't know a yeah. guy's stuff, they have, it kind of struggles. And that actually leads me to my next question, Bart. I'm a big gambler, love gambling, and the, the, run, line, the run line is 11 and a half. And you're telling me Ethan Small has a sub-2 ERA and – that you know they 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 don't perform necessarily well against pitchers that are just getting called up. So, what? How do you feel about that line at eleven and a half? I'm kind of in the. I mean, I don't want to lead you astray, but I think that anytime, I'm kind of in like the Brewers under all the time camp. Okay. I think you're going to win more in the long run when you take under on the Brewers right now. They're not putting up a ton of runs, so I. I don't know, eleven and a half. That that's a lot. That seems pretty high to <laughs> that's me. Super yeah. high. Well, this is, we're Unless dealing the ball's with a today. We're dealing with a Cubs team that has gone <laughs> twenty <laughs> twenty runs plus and minus. So they've done that this year. The first team in Major League history, I think, to lose twenty, lose by twenty or more, or win by twenty or more. We're talking with Bart Winkler, twelve fifty a.m. The fan in Milwaukee. Cubs and Brewers play doubleheader, split doubleheader. You'll hear it on this station today. Pre-game at eleven thirty. The um the Matt Swarmer, the um the Cubs starter, is a guy who's coming up. Drew, Drew Smiley will go in the second game. And and he's a guy who is he's twenty-eight. This is sort of the the whole like Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel. Hey, we've had these guys for a while. Let's dust them off. On, what, on par with what the Cubs are doing this season. And, and what they're, yeah, and what the, what he does, he comes in with a 208 ERA, 42 strikeouts, 14 walks, and a 0.95 whip in 39 innings. So as spring training games go, at least in the first game of this doubleheader, that's what's going to happen. But this guy is now going to face the likes of Tellez and and Yelich and, and is Tellez – your view of Yelich, and I know he's got a lot of time to go back to being Christian Yelich, but it seems to be they're waiting until he finally gets to be Christian Yelich again. Well, I think now the line is that the way he was in 2018 and 2019 when he won an MVP and then took second is that if we're expecting him to be like that again, we have to temper our expectations. The, the line is that that's not going to happen again. Now, that is when he earned this big contract, which just kicked in this year. So he's making 26 per. The contract runs through, I think, 2030. But they actually staggered it uh, and deferred it. So they're paying him through, like, 2048 or something. Oh Ridiculous. It's <laughs> a Bobby Bonilla deal, right? Yeah. And, and you know, with Yelich, it's like, you know, some of these teams, they've got such a big payroll and more room to operate being in bigger markets that if you pay a guy 26 million, you know, that's a lot of money. But if you pay, if you pay Yelich 26 million, you need like 40 million worth of production out of him because it's almost a fifth, a fourth of your salary in some years. So they're going to like, this is not 
he's been better this year. The last two years have been really bad. He's been better, but he's still not an MVP candidate by any means and probably not even an all-star candidate. But if he's going to be making $26 million on a team where they are, you know, looking at every penny, then he's got to produce better. So in the meantime, they found guys that can step up. Roddy Tellez, you mentioned, he's been hitting home runs. You know, Hunter Renfro has been good for them as a, they got him in a trade, but now he's on the injured reserve. They're waiting for uh, to Willie Adams to come off the IL too. He's been really good. Luis Urias has been very strong as well on base pretty much every game that he plays. But yeah, a lot of that you look at Yelich. It's better than last year because last year when he would come up, I would assume the out on him, which is like not what you want to do out a guy you're paying twenty six million dollars to. <laughs> at least I know there's a chance he might not hit into a double play this season, so that's been a positive. That's tough. I mean, he leads your team in games played. Forty-seven has only missed one, so at least he's out there, given the opportunity to perform with for that twenty-six million dollar contract. Um, yeah, it's be- it's better this year than it was the last couple of years. But at what point, like, at what point is it's better than it was last year? <laughs> what point is how many that times not that going to happen? Right, right, right. Because um, it's I mean it's a, it's a ton of money, and we were all celebrating it at first because it's like oh he took a home down discount and. You know, even that twenty-six million. But if he was on the free agent market today, I don't, I don't know that that, it, and maybe somebody pays him that. But it just the production was like right now. It's like a two-year almost anomaly is what it looks like. It looks more like that was the outlier than than the other years. It seems as though your fan base has dealt with disappointment year in and year out for this Milwaukee Brewers team. But you guys are sitting pretty right now. What are the expectations? Is it? Is it? Do you feel as though people are saying ah? They're good now, but we know what's going to happen. Or are there true, you know, World Series deep playoff run aspirations over there? I think that we want to think that. If you look at, like, all of Wisconsin sports, you throw everything in from when the Packers last won a Super Bowl in 2010, everything that's happened since. Thankfully, the Bucks won a championship last year for, for the psyche of the state because there's been – we've had good teams here. We had a college basketball team that went to the final. We have a Brewers team that's made the playoffs now four years in a row. Packers are always in contention. Bucks have gotten good. But when you're when you're good and you're not winning titles, what are you doing? You're you're losing heartbreaking playoff games. And the Brewers the last four years, they've made the playoffs every time that they've lost, that team has gone on to go to the World Series. Whether it was the Nationals in a wild card game in twenty nineteen, whether it was the Braves last year, which is a year I think a lot of people thought the Brewers should have been a World Series team. 2018, they go game seven against the Dodgers. I think my expectations are this team does not give up control of the NL Central the rest of the season. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, They just had a series with the Cardinals where the Cardinals could have done some damage and closed the gap. They split that one. I think, again, it comes back to the pitching for me. It's just it's too deep and it's too good. And they can win games four to three. They can win games two to one if the offense isn't there. Once you get in the playoffs, though, I don't know that anybody's you know planning their their October around the Brewers <laughs> being in the World Series at this point. We just have that like ingrained in us that something will happen to prevent us from getting there. And this is Brewers team. This Brewers team has never been uh, to a World Series that they've won. They they were there in 1982. That's a team that. I mean, I don't know how much you guys know about the 1982 Brewers. Probably Harvey Wall, not Harvey's Wallbangers. Okay, so if you don't know much about them, you seem to have a little bit of uh, knowledge. That's good. If you don't know much about them, just go to any game during the season, any season, because it's like they're always being celebrated. This year's the 40th anniversary. They're bringing, like, all the guys back again. They did the 35th. This team lost the World Series, by the way. Do you know that when they came back from St. Louis, they had a parade for the team after they lost the World Series? Bart, 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 Bart. Do you realize the 69 Cubs who didn't even get to the postseason are celebrated as champions here with statues in Wrigley Field? You guys got nothing. You guys made Harvey's Wallbangers made it. Gorman Thomas can't catch anything but a cold out in center field. They made the World Series, the 69 Cubs, the greatest embarrassment to Chicago sports, being celebrated for blowing an eight-and-a-half game lead in the middle of August. The best thing about Gorman Thomas is if you go to the ballpark, you'll randomly see him like, in, like at concession stands or just kind of like 
sitting in the standing room only area. He just kind of blends in. Now. Really? So we don't have statues. We have we have the guys just like hanging out. Like the real, they're the real ones. Yeah, the real yeah. ones. Yeah, that's yeah. outstanding. All right. Well, um, one last question before we let you go. The the Bucks losing the way they did is do, do oh. they get a do they get this championship hangover thing? Do the fans concede that and then they watch what happens with no, Boston and, have Chris and Miami and well, I don't know. I, I don't know how the way to look at it is like maybe you should win. So what's the take on that, Bart? The problem with the series against Boston is they did not have Chris Middleton, so it's a very easy, oh, darn. And they won a title last year, so there is a bit of a championship cushion for them. But then that, that series went seven. And even without Chris Middleton, it was a winnable series. So it's like, yeah, darn, we didn't have Middleton, but also the, the Bucks almost won that series. And now you see the Celtics. I don't think the Celtics are that good. I don't know how much you guys are talking NBA today. I, I think they're going to get blown away in five. They take a they, they Heat team. Nobody can score. They had to go seven against them. Yeah. Bucks don't have Middleton. They have to go seven against the Bucks. The net, they sweep the Nets. The Nets are terrible. I like Golden State in five. I but it's a championship hangover for sure here. Okay. All right. Well, it's good. It's typical in Wisconsin. There should be a hangover of some sort. <laughs> Bart, thank you for your time. Thanks for your Rarely time. Really, a championship one though. So we're we're not getting out of bed today. We don't <laughs> there you go. Thanks for your time, Bart. We appreciate See it. You guys. Uh, it's Bart Winkler of 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's great. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we got a lot of texts about the caller who was wanted to go well, out. We'll just bring it back for you. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez. Uh, on Memorial Day and afternoon, it'll be a happy Memorial Day. We were told by a Navy CPO, retired Navy CPO, that we could say that. And he's right. And so we will acknowledge that and also a caller who told us to stick to sports while he didn't stick to sports there you go (laughs) (laughs) and other texts here on chicago sports radio 670 the score steve rosenblum gabe ramirez on 670 the score well we sort of stuck to sports (laughs) did we and we stick to sports 100% 100% of the time. And we stuck to hangovers in Wisconsin and turning your watch back 20 years when you crossed the border there. That was hilarious. Bart Winkler, yeah. <laughs> welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez. We're here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score will take you up to Cubs pregame at 1130. Cubs will play a split doubleheader against the evil dreaded Brewers today. <clears throat> we'll tell you about, didn't fully get into... The whole idea of the Cubs starter, Matt Swarmer, is also known as not Caleb Killian. I know, which everyone, who everyone wanted. Right. That was the guy you were waiting for. And he was the payoff, the payback, the future. He was the Chris Bryant trade. Caleb Killian was going to be the guy. We need to get him here. Do show us something when you guys quit over the last couple of years by trading away all the guys we loved and liked and the legacy Cubs who won a World Series. And not Caleb Killian turns out to be a guy named Matt Swarmer, who's 28, 19th round draft pick. Seasoned. But it doesn't really, you're right. It doesn't really matter. Right, yeah. (laughs) But the whole idea that 19th round draft pick doesn't matter. Do you know when Albert Pujols was drafted? I'm going to guess the 19th round. Probably the 38th. Okay. You know when Mark Burley was drafted? 7th. 39th. Okay. So, anyways, he's um, he was drafted the year the Cubs won the World Series, by the way, in 2016. <laughs> so, a AAA, as I mentioned in our interview with Bart, he had a 208 ERA. This is the guy who's starting game one of the doubleheader, Matt Swarmer. It's pretty good. Wearing number 67. 208 ERA at Iowa, 42 strikeouts, 14 walks, and a 9 0.95 whip in 39 innings. So that's arguably better than Killian. If you're, if you want to argue, they brought up the guy most capable, the the guy with the best showing. Killian's ERA is 2.06, so it's better than Swarmers. 41K. They both pitched great, wonderfully. Yeah. 39 innings. 41K is one fewer for Killian. 15 walks, one more, 
a 1.27 whip worse than Swarmer. So he's the guy. So Swarmer has been better, you could argue, this year, but inarguably, Killian's going to be the guy. He's the future. That's that. So he's stuck to sports right there. Oof. According to Paul and Valpo, who called in, we were discussing Tony La Russa deciding that it was wrong. It was inappropriate for Gabe Kapler to use the flag and the anthem as a place, a way to protest what's wrong in this country. Right? Yeah. And I thought it was laughably stupid to stand and, and unpatriotic for Tony La Russa to feel that way. So I got a call from Paul and Valpo who thought I just hated Tony La Russa and and he said something and made it effect- political. And well that and he just said that we should just talk about baseball and and why doesn't Gabe Kapler protest the homeless and the gun problem in San Francisco? That I, I'm serious folks if you were listening 45 minutes ago, do we cut that up? And we're going to cut that up. He could be a scoreless. You don't have to, Caesar. Did you? Oh. Anyways, <laughs> the the among the comments we got, the text we got, which we want to share with you now, one was from the 802. So someone calls in to make a political point about violence in San Francisco and then tells you to stick to sports. <laughs> <laughs> among the other texts we got were... Where is this from? Oh, um, four six nine, I think. If I wasn't so high, I would call. <laughs> <laughs> what nonsense that you can't have thoughts about things other than sports. What a narcissistic BS attitude. But here's the whole idea. When they say stick to sports, it means you have no argument. It means you've you've sacrificed any credibility. You have no way to combat this because we're dealing with a country. We all live in the country. It's America. Sports has shaped socioeconomic life in a lot of ways. And you can start with this most significant, the single most significant sports figure in American history is Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And we just saw what a disaster baseball is doing in handling that. Right? When you... When you heard, tell me, when you heard what sure. Josh Donaldson said, how Tim Anderson interpreted, how Yasmani Gondal came to his defense, how Tony La Russa defended someone he has grown close to mm-hmm. and wants to protect. So what did you think, what did you make of that and what Josh Donaldson said when and, and I know it's too much to say taking Jackie Robinson's name in vain, but but Liam Hendricks called it right. It seems to me, just saying it's just utter. Yeah, Aaron Judge did it too. So it's just not whether he was Aaron Judge's own teammate said whether he was joking yeah. or not. Just not a place for it here. I think that in, when I me looking at it, I say to myself, listen. With your words, you can manipulate any any statement, any situation, and you can say, "Oh, I didn't mean that," right? Because that those are then your words. But we know in your heart of hearts what what your intention was by using that phrase towards Tim Anderson, and it can go for anything. And I'd say it any racist statement that you might say that that can that can be interpreted differently. Like I know how you meant it, but when I when I confront you on it, you say, "Oh no, I, I didn't mean it like that." It's easy to use, to use your words to then deflect that whole thing. And I think that's what happened in that particular instance. And I, I heard his, obviously we all heard what he said. Oh, well, he said it in 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know how you're saying it. We know what the the meaning is behind it when you use it that way. And again, you can then use your words to say, I didn't mean it like that. But we know in our heart of hearts, we know what it is that you were trying to do because it's it's been used like that time and time again. And you've seen announcers make the mistake of you know, belittling an individual by using some words that they should not use and then backtracking and saying, mm-hmm. I didn't mean it like that. But we know what you meant. You did mean it like that. And in the particular case of, of, of Josh Donaldson, I mean, like Tim said, I told him don't speak to me anymore. There's bad blood there. So when you continue to use it in that way, you know, it, it speaks volumes. And But you do like, to, you did like to see Yasmani step up. Did, I, you'd love to see other people step up so that that way, Tim doesn't have to be the guy to do it. 
Well, you saw who was surrounded by his teammates and who was hung out. Yeah. Right? Well said. Which tells you about, but, but it tells you about the, the character of the person and who is to be believed in this episode. Mm-hmm. And Tim Anderson is to be believed. His teammates, his manager, they all came to his defense physically yeah. as well as verbally. What the, the words they had to say, the actions that preceded it, which backed up, and their words backed that up. And now you got Gabe, uh, not Gabe, you're Gabe, right? <laughs> and then you got Luke Donaldson, not Josh Donaldson. Who's Luke Donaldson? Luke Donald, Luke Don- okay. Luke Donald's a really good name for a country singer or Western singer, whichever <laughs> one. But the but the Donaldson getting hung out by Aaron Judge and it, Brett Boone, he, nobody screams more for his guys. There was a famous rant at an umpire where he got thrown out and fined and, and my guys are do it. My guy, yeah. I can't repeat it because it was bleeped out all over the place. He wasn't defending Donaldson. Yeah. So you find out who had the support and who didn't, and then you find out. And again, that's, that's an example of where you can't stick to sports because sports in a lot of ways, it is a prism through which America is, is viewed. I don't want to go all field of dreams here on you and James, right. but but that's the way it's viewed, and that's the prism through which a lot of the socioeconomic changes come or get helped or get a platform. And this is in 1970, Steve. This is it the is 60s. not. This is 2022. It is People in Milwaukee. Speak up. It is yeah, in Wisconsin. <laughs> we didn't cross over the border to get up there, all right? But it is. It's a different time. The social media, your, your the ability to connect with the player is so much more different now. You get to actually see their personal views and and identify with them and grow the game as the phrase that they use so often. Mm-hmm. And this is the way to do it because politics, everything else is in your face. And now you get an opportunity to see these guys have a stance and you can either agree with it or not. And this is no different. The guy, that guy needs to wake and bake. That it's six three zero caller. Yeah, yeah. We 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 recommend that actually. Um, two two four call. Yeah, two two four texter. That clown that just called in and said stick to sports is going to spend the next day and next half a day gnashing his teeth and being grouchy. Thank you for pissing off those idiots. I I was just making points. I was just spitting facts at you. Tony the Roos is being unpatriotic. That's what I said. Two one nine. I'm in heaven. Saturday suckage twice in a three day span. Well, this is Monday, so it'd be Monday suckage. And and here's a really good point made by three one two because this is what the whole idea of protest is all about. You have a right to do that. Government says so. Peaceably protest and 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 freedom of speech. And the framers outlined what you can and cannot do. And the court is and Supreme Court has interpreted that and and upheld those rights. And the point of a protest, as summed up here by the, the 312 texter, the most effective and meaningful protest is the one that makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. If Kapler protests only in the ways that are acceptable to La Russa, then it ceases to be Kapler's protest. What's the point? Kudos to Kapler for using his platform. Silence is complicity. Larissa can go scratch his butt. <laughs> it's true. And and that that's really what protest is all about. I'm making a point to make you uncomfortable. And the thing about Colin Kaepernick's protest, nobody was even, nobody knew for a while. He just took a knee. That's what he did. Yeah. Right? And he didn't make anybody uncomfortable until everybody looked around. Now, what do we do about this? Oh, my goodness. When you want to, be loud and shout your your disagreement and your protest. Oh, you got to quiet down. What about when you're quiet? Oh, he can't do that. <laughs> oh, really? Why do you have the right to tell him how and when is appropriate to protest? It seems as though somehow, some way, that whole thing, like you said, got politicized and turned into something else. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the unfortunate part about that because. There was more conversation about that than what he was actually protesting about. And talking about the flag and the anthem and confusing it with the military, as a, as a texter pointed out, all branches of the military have their own flags. 
It's the flag of the United States. It's the anthem of the United States. You're an American citizen. You go ahead. You got a right. We have paper to prove it. We have it's written down that you can do that. And another texture says, is Gabe a new member of the Saturday Suckage crew? <laughs> no, just the Wake and Bake crew. <laughs> yeah, see, he's a Wake and Baker, but which you can do any day, Saturday Suckage. This is Monday, not Saturday, although we do tend to screw up the Wake and Bake club because when we when they hear us on the air, hear me on the air, they go, wait, Uh-oh. did I lose a day? Did, did I lose two days? Whatever. Oh, you're blessed with another day. Yeah, we are. <laughs> He's Gabriel Ramirez. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Um, when's it appropriate to leave a blowout? When's it appropriate to leave a game? We will discuss that because it might become more common for the White Sox and the Cubs. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabriel Ramirez. Steve, oh, I said, did I say my name? Did I say it enough times? I did. I want to identify it, but I want to hit this break on time. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Yes, indeed. We're here for your Memorial Day entertainment. A little less than an hour from now, 1130, Zach Saban will be here at Cubs pregame. Cubs will play a split doubleheader against the dreaded evil Brewers today. Ethan Small against Matt Swarmer is your opening act Number 43 for the Brewers against number 67 for the Cubs. Welcome to spring training, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And, you know, we had Bart Winkler on, and you were talking about being a betting man that you are. How much betting do you do? I do a lot. Do you? Check out my show on BetQL, 6 o'clock every Saturday. Chalk Talk myself. Alex Gold from Kansas City. It's a... it's one of those things where you feel like you're just like, and like pretty much like everybody that's listening right now that gambles. You say to yourself, well, I, I know a lot about sports. Uh-huh. I should be able to win some money. Right. Yeah. And? I do well. I will okay, say. So, so a caller pointed out, the, you, you brought up the totals, 11 and a half. Yeah. Under for sure. Not for sure, but I'd bet the under. That's why okay, I asked Bart. A, a texter brought up the, noted that the wind's blowing out at 19 miles an hour. Still got to hit the ball in the air in order to get it out of the ballpark, even if it's blowing at 19 that's true. miles per hour. That's true. And from that's... what we heard from Bart Winkler, the guy that's coming up for Milwaukee has a sub to ERA in AAA, but still. Yeah, well, the Cubs starter has a 2.08 ERA. In... I thought you were going to say, no, nah, see, the joke was, well, the Cubs are a AAA team. See, oh, that was, I missed that it. That was the joke I... right there. How did I miss the <laughs> gimme right there? That was a tap-in. <laughs> By the way. Speaking of tap-ins, there's a Game 7 in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs tonight. And that's a normal thing. There's a Game Of course there's a Game 7. Yeah. There were five Game 7s in the first round. And basketball is so thrilled that it got a Game 7 last night. Yeah. It was just so happy. Oh, my God, look at that. A Game 7. A Game 7. They're lucky to get one per round. And... Hockey has five in the first round. That's what get, that's what hockey does. Hockey's postseason is so superior to the NBA's, and the if you believe in, if you like, if you root for the unpredictability, the suspense, the greatest reality show is NHL Stanley Cup playoffs because you just don't know. It's not scripted. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Basketball is largely scripted, I think, by the best players. Did you watch last night's Boston-Miami game? I did watch last night's game. I uh, I expected a seven-game series there just because I know the NBA wanted to make more money. Oh, you believe in conspiracies, <laughs> huh? I believe in early foul calls. So that way <laughs> you can extend the series and manipulate the game. Hockey, though, however, I will say, speaking of gambling, the, the majority of the money I make is at the end of the hockey, of the regular season for hockey. Because Explain, Lucy. Because at that point, most teams are playing at their optimal, most optimal level and trying to position themselves accordingly. And the bottom-tier teams play the way they're supposed to. So everything happens the way it's supposed to. The better team typically wins in the last month of the season. So when you're, when you're betting big and heavy on a particular team, do that in hockey towards the end of the season. Because no one's loafing in hockey. You're really trying to win and get in the playoffs and position yourself accordingly. And the bottom-tier teams are just like, we're out, we're done. We don't care. 
That's interesting. I've never looked at it that way. I've never broken it down, and, and I don't know that that's a that's a. I've never seen that spit out as a trend. I used to know that the first team to four won. That that's how yeah. you. What team is more likely to get to four because four goals would win it? And okay, that was a that was a hockey truism for but now decades. Hockey, now the over the over in hockey is runs around like six goals now. Yeah. So many people are scoring. So much more scoring is happening, especially because. Coaches are pulling goaltenders early. If you're down three to one, you're down two. Yeah. You're down four to two, or four to let's say you're down, yeah, four three. You need a goal, yeah. right? And and they're pulling them with three and a half minutes to go, so you got more chance for empty net goals. I want a ton of money on the Hurricanes towards the end of the season. So as I see them playing, taking on the Rangers, I say go go Carolina Hurricanes. They're that team that they're like the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that no one really pays attention to, but they're really good. Not on the road, they're not. They've yet to win a road game against in the playoffs, and they've won every home game. Well, fortunately, they're at home today. Yeah, they are. I'm just telling you, they've yet to win a road game. That's not championship caliber team. Do you did do you have any betting insight on the Lightning for three peating? I just think it's so difficult to three peat. We mentioned it earlier in regards to the Milwaukee Bucks that championship hangovers do exist, but when you're this close. <laughs> And yeah, it, there's not much of a hangover. The Bucks yeah. went out in the second round after beating yeah. a bad Bulls team. That's what I'm saying. So they're 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 there and they're they're this close. And, and when they beat the the Maple Leafs, I think that's when they said to themselves, "We can actually do this, guys." They have that Golden State Warriors mentality where it's like, "Hey, we're here. We understand the value and importance and uh-huh. infrequency of being in the St- Stanley Cup championship." And so I I think they're going to go ahead and handle business against the who I think is going to be the, the Carolina Hurricanes winning tonight. Do you know how far away the Bulls are from, from legitimately what? being considered a contender? They're closer to a joke than a contender at no, this point. No, stop. No, 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 no. Okay. We haven't had a chance to talk about basketball. I know we're not supposed to. As, uh, who said we're not supposed to? No, no, not to. that we're not supposed to. I just know we're in, we're in Cub and Sox world right now. But we are not closer to the Bulls being a joke than we are to the Bulls being championship contenders. Okay. The website, the Twitter account, Hoop Informatics, noted this after the Celtics beat the Heat. So it's Celtics, Warriors. For the 18th time in the last 19 seasons, a team that finished the regular season in the top five in point differential will win the NBA championship. The only outlier was the Dallas Mavericks. 18 of the last 19 years, the team in the top five in net differential will win the championship. You know where the Bulls placed this year? 19th. 20th. Okay. They're worse than you thought. That's closer to the bottom. That's closer to being a joke than being a contender. They are, you know how bad, you know how bad Levine is defensively? You know how bad DeRozan is defensively. And yet, when the Bucks wanted to blow up, when they wanted to score, when they're looking for the easiest target, they went at Vooch, who's not a rim protector and now can't play defense and has been exposed. They have some of the, three of the worst one-way players in basketball. I think and I think, and the center was worse than DeRozan and Levine in the eyes of the Bucks. I think Levine gets a bad rap defensively. I think he tries harder than most people give him credit for. DeMar DeRozan, sure, you have to hide him, but he still can play at a high level as being an all-star veteran. Vooch can't say much about it, but he he of who we have on the team, he's our rim protector. He he averaged more than a block a game, I believe. And then when you're looking at people that were missing from the roster, like Lonzo Ball, someone that can change the defensive culture of your team by guarding the best He's player. never stated, never I, stayed I healthy. I understand so that. So you can count them all you want, but even, you might as well be counting White Sox players. <laughs> He's these the Eloy of of, uh, oh, of the Bulls. That hurts. That hurts. All right, just, or we got phone call. Caesar, what do you want to do? Caesar, hi. You know, I know you and Callahan are doing your own show in there. Caesar? He's not even listening. Right? I know you and Callahan are doing your own show. Why don't you tell us who we should take on the phone before we get out of this hour? All right. Let's go to Ed in Wheaton. Ed, hi, Ham. Welcome to the score. How's your Memorial Day, Ed? 
Hey, Steve, it's great. And I love listening to your show today. I think it was great. It's spectacular, Ed. Me and Gabe yeah. are a great pairing. We're wonderful. We're the, the yeah. new generation. And I don't want anybody protesting us. <laughs> okay. Well, I got to, you know, I, 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 I love your opinions and everything, but I think you got a few things wrong today. Okay, well, I think it's inappropriate for you. It's not an appropriate time and place to bring up my thing, my wrong points. I can't wait to hear this. Well, Continue. Okay, well, you said we are the most, uh, what was it, um, advanced nation in, or whatever it was. You know, that, and I say that we are, are you said we're the most, uh, I forget what it was, but I'm saying we can't be the most advanced nation when we kill these kids. I, I agree, I and that, that's that's the I, point I, I of of the, the Western of the Westernized nations. We yes. have we this happens here regularly. Other places have dealt with it. Other ways of other places, other countries have taken away the the assault rifles. And why do you why do you did you? I we can't do this. I, we're not allowed to do this because <laughs> we are we're supposed to stick to sports. Sports okay. interferes I, with real life. And I'm just okay. telling you the the most look refer to the most famous uh, what has now become the most regular and famous onion onion headline of this you know it happens in this country we can't believe it's the only country this not this can't happen in our country it's the only crap forgot it That's go ahead make your other point I'll go figure this out okay okay real quick you know you said Jackie Robinson was the greatest you know ambassador for all you know the things. I get he's I said he was the most significant sports figure oh, yeah, okay. in history. I'm yes, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I hate just grouping everybody into the greatest or the most or whatever because I think there's two other people two other groups of people. One was Muhammad Ali with Vietnam War and I think it was Tom Carlos and uh uh John Smith. I think those guys had a big place in everything when you look at Colin Kaepernick, especially with him raising the hand. You know, I, I, I understand. Guys. I understand your points. Jackie Robinson preceded them. Jackie yeah, Robinson gave them I a agree. gave them a platform to be and do and say and to have a voice using sports as a platform. And by the way, the Onion headline I got I got this right. No way to prevent this. Why the Onion it says the only country where this happens. That's the, yeah, exactly. the, the head. Okay. Thank you for your call. I appreciate that. I don't think it's, this is the appropriate time or place <laughs> for for anyone to correct me on anything. <laughs> we got to stick to sports, we, Steve. Sheik, is Sheik going to stick to stick to sports, Caesar, or no? Sheik wants to talk Bears. You ready for some Bears? Yeah, Ooh. sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Gabe is. Yeah, bring him on. Hi, Sheik. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, gentlemen. It actually, I love this pairing. You guys are awesome. We you are, know, we are, and that's an appropriate time and place to say this. Yeah, well, uh, exactly, on this Memorial Day. And then in the afternoon, I will say Happy Memorial Day. See, you learned something. You know, do you know how significant that is that you learned that today? We think it's significant. No, I, I, and I've always felt that. I have family members in, in the South who are whatever. But, they, you know, they all served, and I'm not, I've am not. i never been sure. I always talk to them on, you know, days like this or Veterans Day and give them their due respect, and, you know, and, I'm, and nobody's ever mentioned this to me before. But more importantly, let's talk about the Bears. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're up against it, Sheik. So, you know what? Hang on. We'll come back and we'll talk Bears after the break. Can you hang on and make your point later? You Absolutely. Got, you got time? Look, you yeah, got sure. all Memorial Day. You're not going anywhere, right? I'm on a rooftop right now, recharging air conditioning. All right, so you stay up. You you keep cool, Sheik, and we'll get (laughs) back. Rosenblum and Ramirez, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on six seventy. The score. Indeed, I'll be the Steve Rosenblum guy. I'll be the Gabe Ramirez to this dynamic duo. There you go. Rosenblum and Ramirez were here till the bottom of the hour, in which case it'll be Cubs pregame with Zach Zaidman, part of a split doubleheader right here on these very radio airwaves. First pitch, 12.05 against the Brewers. Ethan Small against Matt Swarmer, number 43 against number 67. It just sounds so <laughs> spring training. So where were we? Oh, yeah, Caesar, you were gonna. You walked up, Sheik, and he's on a rooftop, and he's like doing stuff. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna bring back Sheik now. He was uh, 
on a rooftop grilling, I said, but he wants to talk some bears. So no, no, he's Sheik. on a rooftop fixing air conditioners. <laughs> yeah, you're right, fixing <laughs> yes, air conditioners. Yes, but here's yes. Sheik, he wants to talk some bears. Hi, Sheik. Yeah, for, uh, greetings, gentlemen. So I'm not going to get into everything before. Let's get straight to the bears. So I don't think this year is going to be as bad as everybody thinks, at least for meatball beer, bear fans like me. I honestly believe that this new offense and the culture, they're going to – you know, last year, supposedly the Bears were eighth in the league at running attempts, but I don't count running attempts when Justin Fields is in shock and Montgomery's on his hip and a pistol as a true running attempt on fourth and one. It, it, it just insulted, you know, if they're in I formation and they try and go for it, even if they don't get it, people will probably be a little bit more, at least they gave a good effort, but fourth and one, you know, I, I'm so done with that stuff. Thank God those guys are gone. Sheik, how many wins, dude? How many wins do you think the Bears are going <laughs> to have? I'm definitely going on the over. If it's six and a half, they're good for at least seven. So you're, so you're going to be one game better I, than I'm last year is what you're saying. for week two on Packers, the, you know, and every time I've been in Vegas on when Bears, game, Bears have games in the evening, we've won. So put your money on week two. Somehow, some way, I, I, you know, Lord willing, Maybe we could return the Harris hit on McCann, uh, on McMahon uh, to uh, Rodgers. Somebody does it. I know Chicago is a good goal fund me page for the penalty, but week two we're winning. Put your money on it. Gabe, I know you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, Sheik. I appreciate it, man. I didn't get your, your take yet on how you feel the Bears are going to fare this upcoming season. Unfortunately, I think they'll be in the six-win range, okay, five-win so, so. range. I, I want them to be worse. I Higher draft better pick. Better draft pick, yeah, because I just don't – the one advantage they have, if you want to – if all you're concerned about is a record, the advantage they have is they're not going to be facing, what, two great quarterbacks? Is that it? Yep. Like Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, right? And they play Buffalo, they play – and they'll face Rodgers twice, so three great quarterbacks, three different games of the 17. So – that should help. I do want, I really like, I hate hearing Matt Eberflus talk with the high school stuff and the acronyms, but I like the approach. I'm, I was so screaming mad that the devolution, and maybe it's himself, of Eddie Jackson, maybe he did it himself, that a guy who looked like he was going to be a ball hawk then turned into a guy who got paid got and paid. got out of the way. <laughs> right. Uh. And what those turnovers did was they deodorized a bad head coach on offense. Because the turnovers should have yielded. I mean, they were scoring. The defense was scoring. Mm-hmm. And if that's what's got to happen to make this Bears franchise respectable, Good. Well, you saw it under Lovey, right? You saw the defense yeah. getting turnovers, scoring occasionally, setting up special teams, Devin Hester being very special, and the offense, you know, doing enough to lose the Super Bowl, I guess. That's, <laughs> right? <laughs> so right? true. So true. And, but I look Rex at, is our quarterback. I look at this team, and if you were to point to, like, areas of how the Bears are, can improve, if you think about last year, Steve, how many times did the Bears blow the game defensively in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter? So if you if you're bringing in a quarter or excuse me if you're bringing in a coach that is that is is, is specialty is defense and he can get them to focus for the entire duration of the game as opposed to letting guys go past you and not touching them when they're down things like that mm-hmm. then maybe you say to yourself okay well maybe the Bears should be in a better position to win some of these games because their defense will be better and there should be progress in Justin Fields' career Cole Komet should be better as uh, Cam Ellis said earlier you're going to get the same productivity from david montgomery it that's where you could look at it but then at what point do you say to yourself well he is a rookie head coach and he is going to make some mistakes along the way well i think we've seen them already i think this this the high school attitude the maybe the advantage he has is there are a lot of new guys here they can't roll their eyes as much about the the nonsense so they got to take them seriously but i do think that the 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 fact that they got a fullback, and when we talked to Cam Ellis, who covers the he Bears for six, I mean, he laughed at it. <laughs> but I, I think what what matters here is 
whatever stat there is when David Montgomery rushes 22 times the Bears are, whatever the you've seen those kind of stats. The untold, the hidden yardage in that, the secret to that is that when a guy runs for that many carries, has that many carries or more, that means your defense isn't on the field. The defense frequently blew games at the end. Maybe it's the players, wrong read, wrong position, not well drilled, not well coached, inevitably tired. Probably been on the field an awful lot because the True. coach can't wait to call every pass play he's ever written down on <laughs> a cocktail section. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> and I think that makes a big difference. If you have if you have a coach committed to running the ball a certain number of times, we're going to do that, we're going to do that, we're gonna set up play action, but mm-hmm. we're also going to give our defense a chance to breathe and rest and when they come what back, a thought and they're going to get the ball back for us and the least you can do for a defense that's going to do that is give them a chance to sit down on the on the benches let them yeah let them regenerate and let them get re just breathe which it didn't didn't always happen there i mean you you had justin fields was an atm was a turnover machine a turnover atm Fumbles and interceptions. Your defense doesn't get much rest when that happens. Yeah, it? not at all. And I will say, obviously, Eberflus had the the luxury of watching Jonathan Taylor last year and seeing the importance and value of having a running back that can't eat at the clock. When you look at guys like Tom Brady and people look and try to game plan how to beat him, keep him off the field. Keep him off the field, time of possession. And mm-hmm. if the Bears can be slightly better defensively and, like you said, um, keep – keep the ball as opposed to turning it over, then those are two two areas where you're going to at least be able to be competitive. More often than not, last year, we weren't even competitive in these games. Mm-hmm. There were blowouts. So for me, that's what I'm looking for in this upcoming season. It's like, hey, maybe it's not a win-loss total. It's be competitive so that that way I can then look for the next two years and be hopeful and thinking that we can then go from being competitive in games to actually winning them and then finding ways to win. And that way you can be in that, I don't even want to say championship window, just give me in a playoff window. Give me, give me the playoffs a couple of years in a row. That's what I want as a Bear fan. That's, that's what's on my wish list as you can, a Bear fan. You're, you're allowed to set the ball higher. They talk about Super Bowls, so should you. And I loved I, – I can't – I don't – I can't recall his name offhand, but I have it written down, who was drafted by the Bears and said, yeah, I don't know an awful lot about him, but I know that championship trophy needs company. Mm. And – Okay, I like that. That's great. That's first of all, he's quotable. It's good for us. Yeah, good for our yeah. business, right? So when you saw them, you knew where the holes were. What do you think of the job Ryan Pauls has done? I think he's done a phenomenal job. I got to be honest, and I'll tell you why. Because his body's in the building, and I think what he said best that I love was, "I want to create competition." And I think that's lacked in the Bears organization the last couple of years, where guys were paid money and no, they didn't have anyone down their back where they feared losing their job. And I feel like when you bring in bodies, in, 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 especially on the offensive line, I know it's not the guys that we necessarily want, but at least they're there and you don't have to go sign a 41-year-old two weeks before the season starts. So I love bodies. I love competition. I love that there's short contracts that he's signing a lot of these people to because he's saying to himself, hey, I'm giving you an opportunity to perform. You want to be a part of this Bears team for the next several years? Well, here's an opportunity for you to do that. I'm not making some long-term commitment to you so that that way I'm losing my 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 uh, my my purchasing ability. So I, in, in that sense, for where the Bears are at right now, I love what Ryan Poles has done for that specifically. Now, it's going to, it's going to be interesting because I feel like I have a better opportunity to gauge him as a general manager next year. Now you have a couple more draft picks. You have money. You've assessed the roster and you realize who you need to get rid of and what you need to then I'll be able to make a better, uh, have better judgment on Ryan Poles as a whole. But I think he's done a good job so far. What do you think? I thought it was a good year to make a rookie mistake on a contract. If you really wanted to sign that right guard from Buffalo, yeah, you write that contract with a poison pill so the Buffalo I can't agree with match that. it. Yeah, but this is a good year to make that mistake. I mean, there's a honeymoon period, no question, that you get when you're. Tony LaRusa doesn't get it because he was brought in the way he was brought in and, and he was brought in to win. Win now. Yeah. The Bears I, I the Bears were allowed to make mistakes. They have. Ryan Poles is being 
much more present than Ryan Pace, who was was hiding yeah. and refused to take ownership of a, a lot of things. And Ryan Poles is available. He's answered questions. He's shown up. He's made his rookie mistakes. He's talked about them. And I think that that works. I liked the logic of I wanted him to find a a game breaker, find someone who's going to make Justin Fields better to fairly yeah. evaluate him. And their two second round picks were defensive players. He says it's the only thing I could do for the organization, draft the best players that were there. And it wasn't though it wasn't as though those weren't needs. They just weren't sexy. Yeah. Those were needs. But he did say if I make the team better, then I as a result, I make Justin Fields better. And ball hawking. I mean, he did yeah. that. He did that with in mind, with that in mind, with what his coach wanted, what they were going to do, the way they wanted to change the and I'm I'm in favor of that. I like that. I I'll turn it around on you and ask you what you think he's done to help harm or in any way be able to fairly evaluate Justin Fields. Again, I, I do look at the team and say, I do hear that statement that he says, if you make the team better, Justin Fields is better. So I, I understand, and we were talking about it a second ago, the defense of the Chicago Bears. If they if the defense is better and you're giving more opportunities for Justin Fields to succeed offensively, give me the ball on my two-minute drill so I can you know, be in a position to get us in field goal range or score that touchdown that we need to win, that I understand. Offensive line help, you didn't get the sexiest pick. Would love the guy from Buffalo, but you did bring in more bodies for that offensive line. And when you're talking about the wide receiver group, granted you didn't bring in, you know, Devontae Adams, but you brought in some more guys in that C plus, B minus range. That's being generous. Mm. A handful of those guys that, that can be, you know, and even Justin said it. I got guys out here. You know, you're not saying their names now, but you might become week six or seven. So again, I feel it's it's not with what he had. I feel like he did a good job in helping Justin feel so that you can't assess him properly. Because then you can say to yourself, maybe we do need that six five, four four guy, and that's the one thing that we're missing. Or you know, we do need the left tackle of the future for the next decade. You can say that. You know, next year, but it, but again, it, his hands were tied to a certain degree. He didn't have much to work with, mm-hmm. so I think for what he did have, he did the best that he could to. And this is the other thing; it's all about the expectations of Justin Fields. If if your if your mindset is, well, I, I need him to be Tom Brady esque next year, well, then yeah, that's that's those are lofty expectations that I feel like he's not going to be able to accomplish. But if you say I want him to get better annually, then that's then I think that he did a good job of setting up Justin Fields to succeed because he wanted Justin Fields to be a little bit better, not exponentially better, a little bit better so that that way next year, then that's when you can make the splashy signings and the and put your team in a position to compete at least in the in the um, in the NFC North. That's when he'll have more money too. He's, yeah, and you're gonna have it. You're gonna have it yeah. available. So, do you think if you were, what would it take? What's the minimum it would take for you to trade Robert Quinn? Because I don't see why I don't see his value around here. I do. I do see his value. Let me say this: I do see his value in a defense that's based on sacks, turnovers, shortening the game that yeah. way for the other team's offense. Because he was spectacular, largely with half the season without Khalil Mack. He had a wonderful season, an impactful season. But what's the what are they? What's the value of Robert Quinn on this team? I'm not looking to make the Bears worse. I'm looking yeah. to make next year's draft capital better. I agree with you 100%. I've said it on the show with Aunt Heron or anyone who I've talked to for that matter. What The worst case scenario is not trading Robert Quinn. And come week four, five, and six, he gets injured, and now you have nothing for him. And your team is still without Robert Quinn because he's not on the field. So for me... If somebody's dangling a fourth round pick out there, is that it? Would that be you'd, you'd settle for that? I I, I don't think you're going to get anything better. Yeah, I know you you use a barometer, right? Camille, so, Khalil Max, yeah. a second, and and a second and a sixth for Khalil. So I, I see Robert Quinn and, and and listen, Puerto Rican Bobby. He's Puerto Rican. I'm, I love the guy. I'm Puerto Rican. I love the guy. I love having him on the team. <laughs> Puerto Rican Bobby. That's what his Twitter handle is. <laughs> it's, it's Puerto Rican Bobby. I Check just, him out on IG. Yeah, and so. 
I, you know, so I love that, but but at the same time, you know, 18 and a half sacks, you very low probability that you're going to duplicate that success from last year. Mm-hmm. And so sell high, get yourself somebody that's a defensive end away from being extremely competitive and steal a fourth round pick from them. I think the Bears gave up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles. Why can't somebody give us a fourth round pick yeah, for, well, for, for for Robert Quinn? A different administration. <laughs> yeah, there was one that gave up a whole bunch of firsts for Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> and see, that's what that's what rather, really bothers me about Justin Fields. He was chosen by Ryan Pace. Okay. Ryan Pace, like I said, couldn't find a quarterback at a Manning cast. <laughs> and, and that's the problem with going from – well, he kept Jay Cutler when they could have gotten rid of him. And then Mike Lennon and Mitch Trubisky Ugh. and on and on and on. He never should have had the chance to spend any more draft capital on a quarterback. And – George McCaskey and Ted Phillips gave them based on collaboration and culture and nothing that had anything to do with football because George McCaskey and Ted Phillips have no knowledge of football. They don't have any institutional knowledge (laughs) of the NFL. So all they can go is on on buzzwords. Yeah. Synergy of buzzwords. It's, it's embarrassing for the heritage franchise of the NFL to have people like that representing it. And then do you have George McCaskey? Well, Ted's not there. I'm going to be talking to the GM. I don't know how to talk to a GM. Yeah. He said that. <laughs> he in, he indicated he's not, this is new for me. I'm talking directly. The GM is directly reporting to me. This is embarrassing that you have that going yeah. on. Yeah. But what bothers me about Justin Fields is Ryan Pace chose him, and the history is really bad. Now, other people would have chosen him, too. There are some people who would anonymously tell you I had him ranked second in the draft. There are people who would tell you that Mitch Trubisky, also chosen by Ryan Pace, Mitch Trubisky was, he was favored by more draft Knicks than other quarterbacks yeah. were. Your Bears GM gets paid not to be a draft Nick. He gets paid to be right. Ryan Pace has not been right. Well Ryan Pace chose Justin Fields. Do you think that has any merit? Is okay to say No. It's wrong. It's stupid. He's just going to be out there and a different coach, different system is going to help. What do you think? Yeah, I, w- I will be very honest. In Justin Fields' first handful of games, I was big on the, this guy's not good train. I was all big. Like, I was watching a play, and I was like, it's an, you, you can tell me all you want about the offensive line and having weapons, but we all have eyes. Mm-hmm. And when you watch these games, he just, in, in the beginning, in the beginning of the season, first handful of games, I was like, this guy is, is not a good quarterback. And then he had some flashes, but then it was just demeanor. It was almost as if he was didn't care to be there. So it, I'm interested to see what that second win looks like for Justin Fields, but I think you're absolutely right. You have a GM who had a bad history of selecting bad quarterbacks, and he's the one that's responsible for the And a coach hewing to, to a scheme – not unable to coach the player who's there. Yeah, We saw Matt Nagy could not coach the game in front of him. He couldn't coach the players in front of him. Justin Fields made the point last year and this year, I want them to develop a playbook around what I do well, my strengths. <laughs> what which, a concept. <laughs> what, what an idea. How, how much more obvious could you get that there's a brand of stupid out there yeah, that you could right, not have imagined, right? right. right? So... I believe that that will happen here now, which means he may break the I was drafted by Ryan Pace right. mold. We, you know, this week came out talking about his footwork, delivering it shorter steps, shorter footwork. I love the idea he thinks touchdown to checkdown, that he's looking deep. Love that. And, and all of that is really good. The, the problem, again, is... I don't know. I can't get away from Ryan Pace. Does that mean, <laughs> you know, please, maybe he'll be good enough to get me away from Ryan, but I can't get away from Ryan. I get Pace. it. It it's a it's a painful reminder. Yeah, it's like you know it's, of what happened, of what how happened. it happened. It's still here, you can't clean house all yeah. the way. You got a quarterback that's going to remind you of your ex girlfriend. <laughs> so basically, your like bear, a- your bear season comes down to. We need a win against Green Bay. That makes your bear season. That's your Super Bowl. Since there's not going to be a real Super Bowl, they're going to compete in, right? Uh, I, I, I'm waiting for some downfall from Green Bay, and I don't know if it's going to happen this year. So I, I just, I don't hang my hat on beating Green Bay. I just wait till Aaron Rodgers retires, and then I'll 
focus on. So my family and I, we take a road trip every year to go watch the Bears play. We've been doing it for over a decade. We refuse to go to Green Bay until Aaron Rodgers is gone so that we at least have a chance of winning if we go up to the, the frozen tundra. So we've, we've yet to go. Don't say frozen tundra. It's redundant. Oh, okay. Tundra, by definition, is frozen. Okay. Just then so Lambeau you know. Field. Yeah. There you go. I got you. It's worth seeing. And it's the best smelling tailgate parking really? lot in America. Yes. That's good to hear. I mean, you're t- look, that's all they do. Grilling brats yeah, and whatever and else. Other, and yeah. And it, beer. It, is, it is a tremendous, it's a great parking lot. It smells great. Lambeau Field is a place definitely to see. Packer Hall of Fame. It's all legit. It's all real. It's all terrific stuff. So, I, But that's probably a good way to do that. All right, we got to say goodbye. We want to thank Mark Gonzalez, our deluxe guest from the Daily Herald talking <laughs> baseball. Bruce Levine inside the clubhouse, baseball analyst for the score. Cam Ellis covers the Bears for 670 to score. Bart Winkler, 1250 AM, the fan. We want to thank Caesar for putting up with all this and putting all this together. Gabe, pleasure working with you. Gabe My Ramirez, guys. there he is, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to thank the caller, Paul and Valpo, for, <laughs> for needing to wake and bake here on the score. Chicago Sports Radio 670. Score Cubs Baseball's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 